Hello, and welcome to ClapperCast. And no, this is not a joke. Carson's not here. Um, it is just Alina and I. So that'll be fun. We're talking about Ambulance, Paris 13th District, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and two of our Animation April movies. Um, but how are you, Alina? How's everything going? I am doing well. I'm almost fully moved into my cute little new studio apartment in Ottawa. It is so tiny. Um, and my neighbors are like very, very friendly, which kind of freaks me out. But like, it's fine. Like the superintendent, when I met her over the weekend, she was like knocking on like people's my age door that like live on the floor and was like, hey, Bailey, this is Alina. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I don't want to be friends with my neighbors. I'm not a neighborly person. I grew up in the country. Our neighbors are like a kilometer away from us. It freaks me out having neighbors. Um, but I need to live in the city because you know what? You can't really work in film in rural Ontario, you know? So yeah, I'm back there. I have to get all my furniture still and like unpack and organize everything, which I think is going to be a task because it is literally such a tiny apartment. But you know, it's just me and my cat. So I think I'll be fine. It's very funny that both of us, I don't even think you were like really planning, planning to move, um, but both of us just happened to move like the same weekend. Um, yeah. So I moved this weekend for the most part, but I've already started moving in. Um, and it's really funny because I've never had money and been able to buy furniture at the same time. Um, so it's a very weird feeling. Uh, I totally recommend, um, not that this is my recommendation for the week, but also kind of, uh, <laughs> save up your money and don't buy furniture if you don't have to yet. And then like go on the shopping spree of your dreams when you're like moving to a new apartment. Um, cause I had about $12,000, um, from Dogecoin. Um, but that I kind of just splurged on whatever I wanted. So it was like, I looked and I was like an 86 inch TV. Sure. A bar cart. Definitely. And it's like, it's been so much fun. Cause I'm just like, there's no struggle in going, Oh, I have to choose this or this. I'm like, why not both? Um, so now I've like gotten to the point where I like, I am hitting the, uh, do I need this or this? But it's stuff like, do I need a vinyl record player? Um, you know, and it's, it's nice. Um, I'm also kind of excited. I'm four minutes away from work, which is kind of cool. I tried it out today. I parked at my apartment and then walked into work and that was great. Um, it's really kind of nice to not have a commute whatsoever. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's going to be interesting. And also like, I'm sure a lot of the dynamics of just like even recording this will be different because I have to figure out where to do it in a one bedroom apartment um mm -hmm. but I'm thinking currently maybe the closet and just creating like a little chair <laughs> situation a um, lot of podcasters do that and like recording their closets I've noticed I can't do that because I don't even have a closet I have a very like teeny little Wait, crook in the dark. it's a studio <laughs> apartment it's like it's I know but how many tiny. square feet are we talking I don't know. I'm not like I have no concept of dimensions. Like if you say something is like a mile away, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. If you say it's 10 um, minutes away, sure. But like nine <laughs> by 12 feet, no idea what that means. And like in my head. So like I'll show you guys pictures on Thursday. 
um because like so i have funny. no fucking clue um but it's um, it's very teeny like i can't fit a sofa in it and also my bed is how small it is <laughs> um but it's right I by the mine. beach and it's very oh, close to amazing. my friends yeah and it's like the nicest beach in ottawa i would say but I, I don't live downtown which is a bit annoying but like i work from home right now anyway so it's not a big deal um, I, um and i'm really close to the mall also I had the same problem that you did, actually. Um, my friends were like, how big is your apartment? How big is your apartment? And I like threw out a number. I was like 300 square feet, which I did not know was the size of a closet. <laughs> and all of them gasped. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that's too small. Um, so then I wrote my um, landlord and I was like, question. I don't really care, but my friends do. How many square feet is my apartment? And she's like, 700. And I was like, oh huge difference from what mm, I was mine saying. is probably not 700 uh, uh but no, i think it's more than 300 <laughs> yeah mine's a mine's a one bedroom um so, so it's got like and i have a small on purpose i have a small ass bedroom i've never understood the concept of a big bedroom um especially if you live alone so i have a massive living room and like i'm very excited to like have people over and it'd be like a very like you know, exciting spot. Um, but I will I am also not, enjoy like, watching the all host these of my friends. So I will be going to their houses. Um, literally, I just like the housing market is so fucking insane right now, especially in Ottawa. Not as bad as Toronto, which is why I'm moving back to Ottawa instead of going to Toronto. But like, this was like one of the most affordable options, and it's still like almost a thousand dollars to live in a shoebox. I hate it. Yeah. No. I would love to well, buy a what, house. But that's not attainable. <laughs> that's what um, I don't understand this apartment. Um, if I'm 100% honest, because my friends live in studios and they're paying $200 less than me. And I don't I don't know what makes this apartment. And like immediately you're going, oh, it's a shitty apartment inside. No, it's gorgeous. Like I showed it to some people at work and they're like, how can you afford this? And I showed them the price and they were like, oh my god <laughs> like there's no reason for it to be so cheap um it, there seems to be something to do with like um it was owned by some sort of trust or something so like i don't know uh, maybe it has to do with that and why the prices are cheap but i will never be moving until like i absolutely have to but that's my current plan also. I'm not moving until I either, one, get married, two, can afford a house, or three, get a job in Toronto. Those are the three reasons why I will move from this apartment. There's no other so reason. Alina's I'm tired of moving. That apartment. <laughs> yeah. Because you know what? Um, How dare you? I'm definitely getting married within the next five years. <laughs> so, um, but speaking of LA, uh, We'll start with ambulance. Um, Are we going to say it like that the whole on, time? Yes. Um, <laughs> quick backstory on my seeing of this movie and why I will not really be reviewing it. Um, I will just like toss in a couple jokes here and there is I went with some uh, friends to dinner before and I'm doing keto right now. And I decided, you know what? I should just have martinis. That's good. So I had martinis immediately blacked out because when you are on keto, you like just don't dissolve alcohol the same way. Um, and I watched the first 15 to 20 minutes of this movie and the last 15 to 20 minutes of this movie. And yet 
I feel like I saw the whole movie. And I'm not saying that as like a, oh, it's literally I watched the film. I woke up and things were happening that had been happening when I started to fall asleep. And I fully felt like I saw this entire film until my friend was like, no, you slept for an hour and a half. (laughs) Um, Which is like so great. Like everything that happens does not matter apparently <laughs> like because i felt like i had a perfect viewing experience of this nice short film put it in the oscars um <laughs> but uh yeah no um so i'll let you go through ambuel ants i'm not saying it like that the whole time because i will be stuttering over that ambuel ants pronunciation <laughs> um oh. I tried to do it the morning after and I was a little hungover with my parents. And they're like, what movie did you see? And I was like, Ambulable. <laughs> um, I, I, like, saw I should ambulance. just say ambulance, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I saw ambulance by myself as usual because I still don't have any friends in my hometown. But that's not going to matter anymore because we're moving, baby. Um, I did not fall asleep during it. I actually had a really good time. Apparently... Other than the Transformers movies, which I've heard people say, like, don't count, I haven't seen, like, any other Michael Bay films. So I didn't really know what I was, like, getting into with the whole, like, oh, my God, it's going to be Bayhem and whatever. Um, And also, I didn't have super high expectations because I think the Transformer movies are pretty garbage and boring. Um, But I had a good time with this. I was really looking forward to it because I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I am so sorry, Swifties, but I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought he was fantastic. It's about, uh, Ambulance is about these like two brothers. One is Jake Gyllenhaal and the the other is Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. Um, And they go and rob a bank and Jake Gyllenhaal is like the thief and Yaya is the like a, he was like a soldier. I guess he's a veteran now. Um, and his wife needs like this super experimental surgery. I don't know why. I don't think they ever say like what the surgery is, but like since it's experimental, it's not covered by insurance. So he goes back to his like thievery ways with his brother, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and the bank robbery goes awry and they steal an ambulance that has the like EMT played by Isa Gonzalez and she's like looking after a cop who was shot by Yaya and there you like get like into the whole like ambulance thing and it the entire movie is just them being chased by the LAPD in a fucking ambulance the cartel gets involved but it's really not yeah there's a whole because like because like the they they have like no idea how they're gonna get out of like the situation with the entire fucking lapd following them so like jake gyllenhaal calls up his like mexican cartel buddies and was like hi besties i really need your help (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um no okay so (laughs) How you stopped in the synopsis real quick is when I fell asleep. Like literally that was the moment when they got into the, I was like, okay, I know what this movie is. I guess I'm going to sleep now. Um, Mm -hmm. I was laying on my friend and like, I was very comfortable and (laughs) he like pulled out his phone to look at his text. I was like, oh, he wants me off him. So I like got off him. And apparently as soon as I moved, my brain just went shut off. You're asleep. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's it. That's all we're doing. Um, 
I, I, I do agree that you did not really miss much from your uh, 90 minute power nap, but I also just had like a really good time with it. I thought it was really chaotic and fun. And Jake Gyllenhaal was like serving on the line deliveries. He was just like so manic. Um, and he was just really funny. There's he has this like one henchman that is played by I have no idea who the actor is, but he's like this black guy and he has like braids or like locks or something and like a beanie and he's just like that guy plays like the idiot henchman stereotype just like so well like there's this point where like a bunch of flamingos like statues or whatever arrive at the like place where like jake gyllenhaal's like crime stuff is like based out of and that whole scene was just really funny he just he gets he just played this, like, guy getting irritated by everybody around him, like, so well. And I was like, I relate to this. This is very funny. Um, and then Yaya was also really great. But Isa Gonzalez really stole the show for me. She was fantastic as the EMT. Like, I was really into her entire story arc and how, like, she wanted to, like, escape. But, like because of her duty as, like, a paramedic or whatever. She, like, had to stay with, like, the shot cop. And there was just a lot of layers to it. Um, And I just had a lot of fun, but I didn't really like the ending. The ending was quite unsatisfying for me, but I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, um, the funniest part is, um, in the short film I saw, um, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, that's how they wrap everything up? That's that's very interesting. Weird that nothing happened in the middle, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am excited to like rewatch this at some point. I don't know if I'll do it in theaters or like at my house someday when it's like. I think it's worth seeing in theaters. Like everybody's been talking about the drone shots. I did see it in theaters. I liked those a lot. I know, but you still fell asleep. I haven't. I'm talking about for our people, not you. I'm talking about oh, for our regular say, listeners. <laughs> I think it's worth seeing in theaters. I would love to see it in IMAX, but I don't have IMAX in my hometown. But the drone shots were sick. All the action dudes were not lying about how awesome the drone shots were. Um, were fun. Apparently, I did not look this up, so um, this is just rumor and conjecture, apparently. Um, uh, I heard that it was a 19-year-old um, like drone racer that they hired. That's um, sick. Which is very funny. Um, which I also totally believe because that's a big thing right now. It's interesting with like Michael Bay's career that he kind of is towards the end of like his grip on the American uh, culture because this movie did not hit number one, even though like in any other year. I guess the 90s, it would have. Um, So it's kind of interesting. I was reading, and apparently a lot of people were saying that this is like a toned down version of Michael Bay. And I feel like I should probably watch his other stuff soon that like aren't Transformers, because if this was toned down, then holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, it Um, definitely was. And um, I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, but also... I wasn't as a child, so, like, I kind of feel like he might be more fun, you know, as a couple drinks in, sitting with friends, talking during the movie kind of thing, um, versus, like, high cinema. Um, mm. So I think I do need to revisit. Um, I think a lot of people I just need to start revisiting now that I'm older. 
Uh, that's one of the that things that sense. I think is like a real struggle if you're a movie buff as a younger person is you make decisions and you're like, I was 14 when I made that choice and now I'm sticking with it at 30. It's like, um, <laughs> you know, oh, I don't really like Michael Bay films. Do you even know that? Like, think of the things you liked when you were 14. <laughs> I've um, been that, running that into that a lot with people specifically with this ambulance film because like it has been bombing at the box office I guess because of Sonic 2 which is fine but it's also very sad and I've been like recommending it to all of my boyfriends and I was like hey this movie fucking slaps <laughs> and all of them are like <laughs> why are you laughing it's a, it's a joke I've made before <laughs> but you just said it so casually all of my boyfriends because <laughs> they are they're just i think it's way funnier just to say all of my boyfriends rather than dudes i talk to a couple times a week that probably want to have sex with me um it's just funnier <laughs> to say my boyfriends um anyway i had been recommending it to them and all of them were like oh like i don't really watch movies like that i don't really like michael bay blah 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 i'm like just fucking try it it's fun Go with a group of your besties and just watch the fucking car chase ambulance movie. It's really fun. Trust me. Don't be boring. On the complete opposite side of the spectrum, we have Paris 13th District, um, which I signed up for this on just the, um, you know, I'll get occasional like screeners if if I want them. And I signed up. Purely because Celine Sciamma, uh, Sciamma? Purely because Celine Sciamma, um, was one of the writers. But then I casually clicked on the director and I found out that one of the, the director is the director of one of my favorite films of all time, uh, which is called Rust and Bone. Um, and so that was just as I was starting the film and I was like, Oh, actually I'm going to really like this. And knowing that two of my favorite directors like collabed on this movie, I was like, even if it's crap, I know their overall styles I'll just vibe with. And that's really how this went. I, I was trying to think of like a way to, um, describe, um, you know, the plot of this, but mainly it's just a series of short stories in Paris about like very sad people there. It's kind of about sex, but also not um, feels a little bit like uh, the 2004 film closer. If you've seen it, um, but it's good. It's, it's a little cliche now, but at the time it was like really fun and it feels very similar to this. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what you thought, because I really liked this. I did like it, but I didn't really like it. Um, I haven't seen, apparently the only film that I've seen by this director was The Sisters Brothers, which I think is really funny because I feel like that film is completely different than Paris 13th District, so I'm surprised that he did both. Um, I really liked Paris 13th District, like, stylistically. I think it's very pretty to look at. The black and white cinematography looks, works really well. I like how it's told kind of in like different short stories. Um, I really liked 
the opening story with the two roommates and how they like um start hooking up with each other and then there's like jealousy because like they're not together and then the male roommate is like inviting girls over and blah 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 I was really into that one and just for some reason after that after we left those two characters and like transitioned to like the other ones I just like started to lose interest in it and I don't really know why I think I just kind of missed like I was so captivated by the initial characters that when the other ones came around I was like okay like let's just go back to the ones I already saw I liked them better um but I do think it's like worth watching it's really beautiful and it's just like young people in love in Paris that's all there is to the movie but I feel like Maybe I would have liked this better if I watched it in a movie theater because I feel like this is a movie where it's very easily – you can be extremely easily distracted if you're watching it at home. But I did uh, like I it. totally – yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I – in terms of that I feel like it's one that you need to be ready to, like, focus in on, um, again, that might be because of the language barrier and, like, you know, a lot of talking in a foreign language is hard. Yeah. Well, I can I, I, the, like French films are okay for me because I did French immersion for like eight years, so I can like understand most French. I just can't speak it, so like that's fine that makes for sense. me. But yeah, with other foreign films, I really have to pay attention. But with French films, not as much. Luckily, um, I really, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. It's a little surprising, probably, that I say I am totally down for, like, slower films if they're French. Because um, I always need things to be, like, very speedy. But when it's, like, French or even British, those are the two that I'll allow. Is like, yeah, no, take your time. American slow films, kill me. Any <laughs> other, like, any other of, like, the, the romance languages, yeah, take your time. Figure out what you need to do. I'm watching. Um, but this, I, I really enjoyed some of the slower moments. I enjoy, um, how it's just got a, a moodiness to it throughout. Um, but yeah, um, overall I really enjoyed it and I don't know the release schedule for it, but I would keep your eye out for it. It's Paris 13th district and yeah, but moving back to the States, uh, we will talk about probably the most um, kind of American of movies is the video game adaptation. And we're talking about Sonic 2. Um, preface on this, I did not like Sonic 1. I thought it was very boring. I thought it wasn't really Sonic. Um, and Did you play the I'm, Sonic games? Sorry, but... I was born in the year like 1991. Of course I played Sonic. Um, I didn't just okay, play Sonic. Okay, because I was born in 97 and I didn't except for like those little Happy Meal toys. You remember those like video game oh, no, Happy no, Meal no, no, toys? No. Yeah. So um, the Sega Genesis, it had Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and then Sonic 3. And then I think after that it moved to a different system, which my family didn't have. But here was what was fucking cool. Okay. So you had Sonic 1. Then you had Sonic 2, and Tails was in Sonic 2. But somewhere around Sonic 2, maybe Sonic 3, they released this expansion pack. An expansion pack in the 90s. So it was a cartridge that you plugged your cartridge into and then plugged both cartridges 
into your uh, Sega Genesis. And what that cartridge was, was the Knuckles uh, cartridge. (gasps) And it would add Knuckles to your game and you could play Knuckles. And imagine being like a kid and suddenly having this thing where you're like, click, click. And then all of a sudden there's a new character in your game amazing 10 out of 10 my life changed when i got the zoo tycoon expansion packs so i I relate kind of well (laughs) and and all yeah and also no it's like a tactical thing it wasn't just downloading and like doing some disc stuff this was like you Mm -hmm. had to like plug it in and if you took it apart it didn't do that so like you would switch out the different games um weird thing is i remember that if you try to do it into um you try to put the first one into the third uh into the um knuckles expansion it would be like no you can't do that but anyway because of that i don't really have an affinity for sonic the hedgehog i have a great affinity for tails and knuckles because those were like the cool ones you could play as if you had the sequel if you had the expansion pack you could play as the other characters so i always loved them so that's also probably why i didn't love the first one it's like i was like sonic's great but it's like knuckles and tails were the ones i was always like yeah um which uh we'll get into some spoilers but that's why the future of this i'm also like i don't really care about because i don't know these upcoming characters um but yeah no i really enjoyed this um and not in like a it's a good film or even in it's a competent film or even in that it's a film that should be enjoyable but it really hit me in the 90 kids um kind of like you know soul um you know listening to seeing a couple scenes where it's knuckles and tails and sonic all hanging out all working together i was like yes this is what i want um jim carrey's back i still think he's terrible i still think he's too thin i still think he's just not the right character um, you know, I th- see a lot of people being like, he's giving it 110% cool, but it's 110 bad percent. So like, I don't particularly <laughs> like it. Um, and I'm very happy for you if you like bad things. But um, so every time he showed up, I was like, I don't want any more of this. But every time it wasn't him. Amazing. Also, Alina, I want to see if you huh. thought too. Um, so Natasha Rothwell's in this. Um, she's got a way bigger part than the previous film and she's getting married in the fucking four seasons Hawaii, which I think it's a different one, but it's the same like vibe as the white Lotus. Oh, raising white Lotus. I thought that. Yes. (laughs) The whole time I was like, this is like Belinda's like sequel story. (laughs) (laughs) She starts using a different name. She's just going through something different. Uh, but I was like, I wonder if this could line up, if I could make this work in my head. <laughs> but, there um, is so much to this movie, Sonic 2. So I did not see the first one in theaters because it was like right before the pandemic hit. Also, I'm so sorry that my cat keeps jumping on my desk. He's being very rude right now. Um, so yeah, I did not see it because it was coming out like right as COVID was happening. And I was like, It was, like, in 2020, and it was, like, when we didn't know, like, how scary it, like, COVID could be. And I was, like, do I want to risk my life going to the movie theater to see Sonic the Hedgehog? 
not really. So I didn't. Um, and then I watched the first one for the first time last week with Carson for our Patreon commentary track. So you guys should sign up for our Patreon and you can listen to Carson and I watch Sonic the Hedgehog for the first time. It was very fun. I definitely liked it a lot better because I watched it with Carson was making jokes the entire time. I feel like if I had watched it on my own, I'd probably be like, okay, whatever. Um, so going to the sequel, I also really liked it. I wouldn't like same with Paul. I wouldn't call it like particularly good, but I had a lot of fun with it, like more than I was expecting to, because I don't know these characters. Like I know of Sonic and I know um like Tails because he popped up at the end credits of the first movie and like Knuckles is Idris Elba. So I was like, okay, sure. Um, so like I didn't know what I was getting into and I just had a lot of fun. The movie, it's like Sonic is like has a lot of growing up to do still. Like he saved the town or whatever in the first one. But like, you know, he's still just like a little kid living with James Marsden and his wife. Um and he has to like come into his own and then Tails and Knuckles and Dr. Robotnik appear and he just goes on this like really good little hero's journey that I was very into. Um, I liked it a lot. I was kind of sad that James Morrison wasn't in it as much. His character definitely got sidelined because James Morrison and his wife go to Hawaii for her his like sister-in-law's, I guess, wedding to Shamar Moore, who, spoilers, turns out to be an FBI agent catfishing her so they can find out more information on Sonic. And I don't understand that because I don't understand why you had to catfish the sister-in-law. And also, I don't understand why they went to Hawaii. Like, if you're trying to keep an eye on Sonic, because Sonic stays behind in fucking Montana. So why didn't they get married on a cute little ranch in Montana? It doesn't make sense. (laughs) I was thinking that exact same thing um, <laughs> because uh, it, why is Sonic not invited or was he invited and decided not to go? Like, can you imagine? I don't this, think he was invited F- because he's the chaos and would cause chaos at the wedding. So they left him behind so he would not cause chaos at the wedding. And then he did anyway. That was they don't explain yes. that. But that was what I assumed. Or maybe uh, it was like a child wedding. That is a terrible FBI. Because, like, then why were all the FBI agents there? <laughs> why were right? they all going to the Does They're Shamar Moore's character not have any actual friends? Oh, they were <laughs> posing as his family because he didn't want his family to know that he was getting married fakely. Also, is was that, that marriage going to be legal? Yes. Oh, 100%. I have so many questions he- about that plot point. Oh, I know. <laughs> I had so many questions. Oh, the other thing I had a lot of questions about is the weird sex jokes in this. Like, I remember this was a thing common in like the nineties where I was like, Oh, there's jokes for adults. There was ones that I was like, kids are going to ask about this. And parents are going to be like, I fucking know. <laughs> there's so many like dirty jokes in this. Uh, they use the uh, shiitake joke that um, I remember from like Spy Kids in 2001. I remember it from Austin Powers also. They do it again. I forgot what they say, but there was another one where it was like, oh, they're trying to say shit, but they don't. I Um, think they used, it was like supposed to be cunt or something like that, but I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing is uh, like, you talked about how Sonic is supposed to be a child in this. Um, 
And there's nothing about Ben Schwartz's voice that makes me think that he is anything less than like 35. So there Wait, were so many times. Speaking of like, voices, I thought Tails was a girl. And then there's a point where towards the end where they used he, him pronouns for Tails. And I was like, what? Tails is a girl. What do you mean? Because I don't know Tails. But like Tails is a girl. You can't convince me otherwise. Uh, I mean, it's voiced by a girl. and I, I know. But it's, it's a boy. I think that it's a. Yeah, it's, I think it's a. I think it's a bad But in choice. my head, Tails um, is a girl. Yeah, no. <laughs> Um, it also, like, I understand why they didn't change the gender of Tails, but I feel like you easily could have. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, also, there was, like, a lot of weird, like, sexual things between Tails and Sonic. And I was like, I don't love this. I also don't love the relationship between Stone and Eggman. Like, there's so many weird. <laughs> but, like, it's so dated. It's like. Oh, the guy's in love with the other guy. And And then the same thing was going on with Tails. Like, Tails would say stuff. My favorite part is there's one point when Tails makes... Okay, I know exactly what it was, actually. Um, (laughs) Tails saves Sonic. Sonic goes, your butt's a helicopter? Tails goes, a butt copter. Then goes, a butt copter. Only Sonic the Hedgehog could come up with that. And I'm like, he didn't come up with it. He just said your butt is a helicopter. <laughs> it was like, I think they were trying wording. to go for like, um, Tails like really admire Sonic, but it just came off as Tails is in love with Sonic. <laughs> like creepily in love with Sonic. And he was like, yeah. oh, I'm moving in too. And I was like, oh, I don't think Sonic knew that you were moving into his home. um Um, yeah no uh but overall i did have a lot of fun um mm -hmm. i kind of uh am curious about how many more of these they're planning to do um it seems like a lot but i'm also curious because jim carrey i don't think is wanting to be in them anymore no because i feel like jim carrey has said that he wants to retire from acting a lot and i feel like he's been saying it again recently and i i know you said that people who liked dr robotnik like bad things but i liked jim carrey as dr robotnik i thought he was funny i thought his jokes were very adam sandler fan likes jim carrey shut up Oh my god. Also, Jim Carrey was really hot in the first Sonic, so I appreciate that they made him uglier in this because like that was a questionable horny experience for me when I was watching the first Sonic. I was like, wait, why is Jim Carrey's mustache hot in this? So I'm glad they made him more deranged. So I was fine and calm during this one. But I was like, I don't need this, well, yeah, this and that's, sexual dilemma. <laughs> that's the other thing is like, um, I'm hoping if they bring him back for a third one, they put him in like at least a bit of a fat suit because like, I feel like if he slowly becomes the Eggman we know over a couple of movies, that'll be really fun. But that would um, be cool. he's getting closer. Are there other Sonic uh, villains like besides <sighs> Knuckles and Dr. Robotnik? I have no idea. Uh, I think in the later game. So like once Sonic goes away from 2D, I do not care. Okay. Like, um, if friend of the podcast Chris was here, I think he would have more because, like, we were sitting there and the post credits play, and he goes, 
Shadow, 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 Shadow. And I had no clue who Shadow was. I also had no idea what was happening. Yeah, I was like, cool. And he's sitting there next to me, like cheering in an empty theater. And I was like, oh, okay. We're having completely different experiences to this. (laughs) It felt very much like when they like show a character in um, the end of a Marvel movie. And yeah, yeah, and I know it. And then everyone else doesn't. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how this felt. it was very like, oh, I'm happy for you, I guess. Um, Did you yeah, like Idris Elba as Knuckles? I was literally about to say. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like he's the thing is, we haven't touched on yet. Yeah. Um, so Idris Elba is Knuckles. And I love how much fun he's having. But I hate the characterization of Knuckles because I don't feel like there's any consistency to his character. Like you're watching one scene and they're like, he's an idiot. And the next scene they're like, he's a genius. And the next scene they're like, he's just strong. And I was like, please choose. Also, he just loves friendship. It's like, choose a through <laughs> line. Um, and then the final scene with him, he is so dumb. I was like, this man has not survived as long as he's supposed to have survived. <laughs> like he's talking and he's like, I have had the fun. And I'm like, what happened to you (laughs) i know i his character was very weird but i also i enjoyed his like deadpan responses to everything that was the part i liked about it i think he did a good job with the writing he had especially since he's not like a voice actor yeah but he he surprised me i liked him also yeah he i uh same because i didn't think he was a great knuckles um, when he was cast and then when he was in it, I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, but yeah, I, I do hope for more James Marsden, too. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see where this keeps going. Um, if it makes as much money as the last one, I assume this will become like a spinoff. It's franchise. been making I know a lot there's of a money. Knuckles, yeah, I know there's a Knuckles TV show that's coming out. And, oh, really? Um, With also, yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, That's it's wild. a paycheck. Um, it's yeah. a paycheck for a couple <laughs> days in the studio. Um, oh, is it going to be like a Paramount Plus thing? I'm sure. Probably. But uh, they're doing weird stuff over there right now. Yeah. But speaking of animation, let's go a little more animated. And for April, we're doing a couple. It's It's a mixed month. Uh, much like we did last month, um, where we're doing some animation April. Um, so Alina and I both chose a movie to watch and discuss. And I guess I'll start. Um, I chose the claymation film Mary and Max. Uh, I remember the first time I watched this movie because it was on Netflix. And I was like, you know what? I'll just put this on. It's short. It's 92 minutes. Um, it's about two pen pals, Mary, who is a, uh, kid in Australia, Mary, who's a kid in Australia and Max, who is an old Jewish man in New York. And it's set in the mid seventies and it's just about their friendship. They accidentally meet and they correspond throughout their lives. Um, but I watched this. And immediately was like, I have to go over to my girlfriend's. So we drove over and I went over and I was like, we're watching this movie. And she was like, didn't you just watch this? And I was like, I do not care. 
we watched it and she <laughs> like bawled her eyes out and had a great time. Um, it is very sad. <laughs> it's so funny because it starts and you're like, oh, this is a comedy. And then you're like, not even close. It is like there is a lot of funny aspects, but it first and foremost is like a really dark drama about like your life falling apart and, you know, uh, mental illness and mental disabilities and uh, being on the spectrum and, you know, sexuality and everything. And it's so interesting because you assume the old man, little kid uh, pen pal movie is not going to get that dark that quick. But, um, oh, the other thing is it stars uh, Tony Collette and Philip Seymour Hoffman. So it's a lot of just hearing them like speak and like, you know, really get to do some great emotions and some voice acting. You know, we just talked about Idris. And so it's like another actors that you think of more as, um, you know, live action, getting to do some really juicy roles. The other weird thing about this movie is it never really got another movie. Um, Adam Elliott, the director, just never really did much after. And it's so weird. And it's like was an acclaimed movie and seemed to have been done relatively on the cheap. I would assume it what took a lot of, you know, love, but like doesn't seem like something you in. What are we at? 13 years later, we still haven't gotten anything. Um, so I'm still waiting for uh, another film in his oeuvre. But I'm curious what you thought, because this was your first time. Yeah, I had heard of Mary and Max before, mostly because you have like talked about it a lot, saying like, at one point, we're going to do this on the podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, And like, I know animation is a medium and not a genre. But like, I kind of assumed that this is going to be, you know, a little kids movie. And I was like, tight. This is going to be a nice, happy little movie about pen pals. I was wrong. I was so fucking wrong. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is fucking dark to watch on a Monday morning. Oh, my God. Um, I really yeah. liked it. I think it handled, um, like, its mental illness themes relatively well for, like, what it was. Um, and I, I really liked mary and i really liked max and i really liked the little friendship that they managed to develop over like 20 years just being like pen pals like from like either side of the world i liked max's character a lot better than mary um for some reason i just like i got really attached to him i philip seymour hoffman just did like such a good job with this i think it's probably because like um like Mary does start out as, like, a little kid, and then, like, she grows up. But, like, Max kind of stays the same. I don't know. But I just – it's just really, really sweet, yet also so fucking sad because of everything that happens in it. Yeah, and it's – what I really love about this film is you watch it, and there's, like, a hopefulness to it, but these characters are beaten down the entire film. Um, mm -hmm. just by either life and society or specific moments that happen to them. Um, and Everybody remember, is like, terrible what? to them. Oh, like the they worst. only have each other. <laughs> um, her mom is like such an iconic character. Mary's mom, um, just like sitting around drinking, cooking sherry all day. <laughs> um, I, I just really 
um, I just really enjoy uh, how much this film just gives a really cool like feel to it. Um, the claymation style is really unique. Um, it's also like, you know, we were talking about how dark it is and everything, but it is very funny. Um, a lot of the lines are really iconic and there's a narrator who just like kills it. Um, the narrator really, was fantastic. Yeah. He really sells some moments that are like, you know, especially when the movie like starts moving plot wise and you're like, whoa, 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 all the stuff is happening at once. He like really guides you to where you're like, I can go on this journey with you. Um, and I also think it's a film that really uh, benefits from repeat viewings because you like going on the story. You like hanging out with these characters and, you know, um, things that you were talking about, like watching Mary grow and all that stuff. You like feel it a lot more knowing where their stories end up and, you know, seeing how things uh lead but yeah no i just really love this film um so yeah i this will be my recommendation for the week but also like it's our review so a two for <laughs> apparently the narrator of mary and max is bruce the shark and finding nemo oh I love. yeah no it, it it definitely is you're right like as soon as you said I, that i'm like yeah as i was listening like to the or watching the mary and max I was like, this guy seems really familiar. And then I forgot to look it up until just now. But he's Bruce the Shark. That's so cute. But yeah, it's adorable. That's so funny. Just be prepared uh, for tears. Yeah. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, some movies are just cute little animated movies. We have... Song of the Sea. Song, Song of, of the, the Sea. sea. I, I almost said Song of the South, which is a completely different <laughs> <laughs> And for our animation April, we're watching Song of the South. <laughs> um, no, uh, Song of the Sea. So I'll let you talk about this one. Okay, I picked Song of the Sea because I hadn't seen it before. And I'm trying to complete that Letterbox Top 100 Animated Movies thing. And I thought this would be cute because you know what? I've said it before on the podcast. Irish people are my favorite brand of white people. Love them. Um, and I also really liked Wolf Walkers. And I also really liked The Breadwinner, which is from Cartoon, which are both from Cartoon Saloon, just like Song of the Sea. I need to watch their other one, like Secret Book of Kells or something like that. I don't know. But I finally got around to watching Song of the Sea. It's very cute. It's about um, this little boy growing up on like the Irish coast, I guess. And he has a little sister. Um, and the little sister is mute. Like she doesn't talk and their mom dies or something. And like, so like the dad has to raise these two kids on whatever Irish coast by himself. And their grandma is like, no, you can't raise kids out here. They should come live with me in the city. Um, and they got the kids go and but they don't want to be in the city obviously they like to be at the coast because like their cute little old english sheepdog is there there's cute little seals which are actually selkies in the ocean um the little girl 
turns out to be a Selkie, and so is the mom. So it ties in, like, Irish mythology really well. There's, like, fairies and trolls, probably, and whatever. I can't remember all of the Irish creatures that are in it, but, like, there was a bunch of them. The animation is adorable, and I just really liked the journey that they went on, and I was, like, as I was sitting there and I was watching Song of the Sea, I was, like, I would show this to my future children. Like, this is a really cute movie the hand-drawn animation it's fantastic and it's just sweet i really liked it a lot the seals are like the most adorable thing i've ever seen yeah i really um i really love song of the sea um the secret of kells i think is my favorite of these movies um song of the sea is a a close second um i am one of the people who hated a wolf walkers um, i thought it was just okay wolf walkers yeah no yeah, no, Wolfwalkers did nothing for me. And um, I think it, to me, it felt like a, oh, people haven't seen the other ones. And we're like, wow, look at the animation style. This is so cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Song of the Sea, I really love. I also love the Selkie myths. Um, One of my cows is named Selkie. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's really cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I've kind of like known the selkie myth for a while because of a movie called the secret of rowan inish um which is an irish film that i will probably make us watch on the podcast if we ever do like movies we watched as kids and don't know if they're good anymore um but i <laughs> loved that movie as a kid mainly because there's one fire song um but uh yeah so like when i watched this it was a it was more like in the same way that people like have, you know, cultural movies that they're like, Oh, this is about the culture that I know. Um, that's kind of how this felt. Um, but I love this one as well. The animation style that they do is so unique and so like specific and evocative of what they're trying to get, you know, and I really appreciate how it all works. I find this one to be a little more sweet than like um, interesting compared to like uh, the secret of Kells. Although very interesting that mm. this one's considered better. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, secret of Kells isn't even on the top 100. Yeah. I noticed that as I was looking through, I was like, it's interesting. She didn't choose secret of Kells. No, not on there. Um, and I wonder if that's just because more people have watched it. I don't know. I've always, I'm always like curious when the, um, like the first one isn't on something, but the second or third one is. Like, is that just the one mm -hmm. that people like, you know, you haven't well, watched that other one in a while. On there so either. I don't think Wolfwalkers is, um, yeah. but I, oh, it might be. It's a 4.1 as well. Um, oh. Yeah. So, but they're all pretty great movies. They're really fun to watch. Um, and yeah, I'm glad that they're finally getting recognition. I'm curious to see what they do next. And with that, we'll, uh, move to our recommendations for the week um what is yours alina um apparently i didn't watch anything this week that i really loved outside of like stuff from the podcast so i will have to like dig deep <laughs> i don't know like I, i'm watching scenes from a marriage right now like the ingmar bergman one i can't recommend that everybody's fucking seen scenes from a scenes from a marriage uh god i don't know just like I've been, wait, we watched this movie that I think we're going to talk about like in two weeks maybe called Firebird. It's under embargo, but that's my recommendation. I can't say nothing about it until we talk about it later, but it was 
recommendation. I can't say nothing about it, but it's my recommendation. Firebird. It's cute. Um, I'm so excited to watch it. Um, uh, my recommendation, I know I said that I was going to recommend, um, was it Mary and Max? I think is what I said. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is true. Still recommending, but I'm also going to recommend, um, the new comedy special by, uh, Gerard Carmichael, uh, called Rothaniel. Um, I don't like stand up as a rule. Um, but I, I thought this one was interesting. Um, it's not like the greatest stand up, but I do enjoy it as like a story. It's more of like a, um, you know, darker, like storytelling kind of here's what's going on in my life. Um, really digging deep. It almost feels like watching someone's live therapy session. Um, I find the audience in this particularly annoying, but some of the moments of truth that he finds are really interesting. And I think, uh, I think it's worth a watch, but yeah. So I guess that's it for this episode. We are so much faster without Carson. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, there's one less person and Carson peace and love waffles a bit. <laughs> We're straight pancakes. Um I know you didn't mean that. Um I've never heard the term waffle. I watched this British guy who does like um YouTube reviews of like other fitness people and he always says like sorry for waffling on when he talks a lot and I've incorporated it into my word <laughs> vocabulary now because it's so adorable. He also says bits and bobs a lot, but I haven't picked up on that one yet. But I like um, him. <laughs> I've I've stolen um a bunch of my friends have started saying oh no uh like oh nar like a <laughs> like a Australian person. And I never say it out loud, but I love writing instead of oh no, just O in a I also love texting that. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um so I've been using it a lot. Um but Carson's cutting all this anyway. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> where can we find you, Alina, in case anyone doesn't know? I am at Alina Folds on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And follow me on Letterboxd. I'm really close to 600 followers. Um, I am at Pricelike Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Please follow me on Letterboxd so I can beat Carson. I'm so close. And like... It'll really upset him, which makes me happy. And Carson's going to cut that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, All of Carson's shit. I don't know. Listen to us on uh, anywhere podcasts are found. Rate us five stars. Write us, I guess, or something like that. I don't fucking care. Um, Anyway, talk to you guys later. (laughs) Bye, besties.